Good morning and Merry Christmas to you all. Welcome to worship at St. Philip the Deacon. It's great to have you here with us this morning. If you worship with us regularly or if this is your first time, please know that we are delighted and grateful that you are worshiping with us today and that we are blessed by your presence. As always, you can download the worship bulletin along with the children's bulletin, the announcements, confirmation worship notes, uh, as well as other resources at spdlc.org slash livestream. A special thank you to Jim Hild and Mavis Callisted for being with us today, our guest musicians. And there has been a lot going on here at St. Philip the Deacon over the past week. If you would like to watch any of our previous Christmas worship services, beginning with last Monday's Blue Christmas service, you can get all of those by going to the archives, and that's at spdlc.org slash video archive. For more information, as well as other announcements and ways that you can be connected in our life together here at St. Philip the Deacon, please go uh, to our live stream page. Again, Merry Christmas to you all. It's great to have you here. I invite you now to please rise as in silence we prepare our hearts and minds for worship.
Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who was in the beginning, who makes a dwelling among us, who covers us with justice and mercy. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. God of goodness and loving kindness, we confess that we have sinned against you and our neighbors. We have turned away from your invitation to new life. We have turned away from the lowly and downtrodden. In your abundant mercy, forgive us our sins, those we know and those known only to you for the sake of the one who came to live among us, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Hear the good news of peace and salvation. God forgives us all our sins, not through our own work, but through Jesus Christ made known to all people. With all who came to the manger, rejoice in this amazing gift of grace. Amen. As we light this candle today, we thank you, God, for the hope you give us, for the peace you bestow, for the joy you pour into our hearts, and for the love that redeems us and shows us the way. We thank you, God, for the gift of Jesus. Let us pray. Loving God, Emmanuel, we thank you for being with us, for sending your Son to walk with us and to lead us. As Christ Jesus was born of Mary, so may he be born in us and through us revealed to the world. Grant that the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love of which we have heard and spoken throughout this holy season be fully realized in us as we worship and serve you through him, now and forevermore. Amen.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you wonderfully created the dignity of human nature and yet more wonderfully restored it. In your mercy, let us share the divine life of the one who came to share our humanity, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from Psalms. Praise to the Lord. Praise to the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters in all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together let them praise the name of the lord for his name alone is exalted his glory is above earth and heaven he has raised up a horn for his people praise for all his faithful faithful praise for the people of israel who are close to him praise the lord the word of the lord thanks be to god you to please stand for the gospel. The gospel according to Luke, the second chapter. 
When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, you are now dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer day and night. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Israel. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Good morning. My name is Rachel. And did you hear what happened? The baby was born. Baby Jesus was born. And we like to sing and sing and sing and sing all the praises and the joy and the love and the peace about that little baby that was born. This service that we are in right now is called the Liturgy of Carols. And a carol is a song, usually a religious song, so a church song. And right now, the Christmas songs are about baby Jesus and all of the things that Jesus brings to us. Now, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite carols, and it's the next one we're going to sing. And if you've been watching Storytime, we've been singing this for the whole month of December. We've been singing away in a manger. Now you'll notice something when we sing this next that it sounds a little different, but the words are the same. So this carol, this song, is about home. They had to leave their home and go to another one, but then there was something that was wrong. They didn't have a place for them in Bethlehem. They didn't have a home, so they went to a stable, a barn. 
And in that barn, it was safe. They felt safe. And this song talks about being safe in that manger, in that stable, in that barn. And I think that's important. And the last thing this song talks about, well, one, one of the last things this song talks about, is the baby sleeping peacefully. Now, if you know anything about babies, they aren't always peaceful, are they? <laughs> no, they cry, they're loud, sometimes they're quiet, sometimes they just squeak, sometimes they laugh. But this song reminds us that babies can also be peaceful. Babies can sleep whether they're in a manger in hay, whether they're in their crib, maybe they're in mama's arms. And I bet baby Jesus slept in mama's arms too. So when we think about those words, home, safety, sleeping peacefully, I think that that reminds me of Christmas. That reminds me of our year. We've heard a lot of those words all year, and especially during Christmas. Let's say a prayer. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask you to stay. Close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in your tender care and fit us for heaven to live with you there. Amen.
Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, Merry Christmas to you all. It is hard to believe that we are already a quarter of the way through the season of Christmas. After all, there are only 12 days in the Christmas season, making it one of the shortest seasons in the church year. And with it being so short in length, the opportunity for us to sing Christmas hymns comes and goes very quickly. And though we will not be singing about drummers drumming, pipers piping, lords a-leaping, ladies dancing, maids a-milking, swans a-swimming, geese a-laying, golden rings, calling birds, French hens, turtle doves, or a partridge in a pear tree, today, as part of our liturgy of carols, we are not only singing a number of beloved Christmas hymns, we are also reflecting on two of them as well. And just maybe... All of these hymns combined together with the reflections can help bring this Christmas season into an even greater focus. Martin Luther said, Beautiful music is the art of the prophets that can calm the agitations of the soul. It is one of the most magnificent and delightful presents God has given us. Perhaps this gift, in recent times, has never been more appropriate as our souls, our thoughts, and our feelings have certainly been agitated and shaken this past year. I am acutely aware that Christmas this year is unlike any other we have experienced in our lifetime. I am aware that during these frenetic days that not everyone feels like celebrating. I am aware that this year, this season, for many of us is filled with grief, anger, depression, anxiety, loneliness, unemployment, sadness, and loss. Music is often considered to be the universal language, for it has the very ability to capture and express all of our human emotions the very feelings we may be experiencing at any given moment in our lives. Many of our Christmas hymns reflect the joy, the wonder, and the miraculous magic of the season. But there are also hymns that invite us in to the sharp emotional and personal realities of the writer, the poet, and the musician. The hymns we are going to listen to and sing right now do just that. Listen as they draw us into the writer's feelings and reveal to us the heart of the Christmas message, moving us from darkness to light, from night to day, from fear to trust, from despair to faith, hope, and love. Our first hymn that we are going to sing is In the Bleak Midwinter by Christina Rossetti. She gives us one of the most beloved Christmas hymns and personally one of my favorites. Rossetti authored three collections of mostly religious poetry and four devotional books. She came from a family steeped in the arts. 
Now, when she was 14, Rossetti suffered a nervous breakdown and left school. Bouts of depression and related illness followed. Her deep faith is thought to be partially the result of the solace that she found in writing during this time. Her most famous hymns are the Christmas texts, Love Came Down at Christmas, composed in 1885, and In the Bleak Midwinter, first published as a poem, A Christmas Carol, in Scribner's Monthly in January of 1872. In the Bleak Midwinter first appeared as a hymn in the English hymnal in 1906, where it was paired to a tune by the famous English composer Gustav Holst. Now, over a hundred years later, we sing this hymn in virtually the same form as it appeared in 1906. In the first stanza, Rossetti creates a dreary and desolate image of the world into which the infant Jesus appeared by drawing on the experience of a British winter. She's not suggesting that it literally snowed in Bethlehem, but is drawing on a long-established literary idea of associating snow with Christ's birth. The second stanza uses the device of antithesis to make the point that the Eternal One, whom heaven could not hold nor earth sustain, appeared during the bleak winter of human existence, where a stable place sufficed, this paradox of the Eternal One born in a humble setting is a primary theme of many hymns of this season. The final stanza is perhaps one of the most endearing to singers of Christmas hymns, yet as British hymnologist J.R. Watson observes, the final verse is strangely interesting. Watson cites an article by British hymn writer Elizabeth Cosnett, who provides a social commentary that may shed light on this stanza. She notes that when a woman wrote these words, women were largely excluded from the professions, from higher education. Like the shepherds, she was not employed. Like the wise men, Rossetti held no degree. Watson concludes that this reading of the final stanza does not invalidate the more general reading of the verse, but it gives us a special sharpness and poignancy to the last verse for those who wish to find it. The writer then invites you and me to offer our own gift to the Christ child, just as the shepherds and wise men did long ago. Rather than the present of a lamb or expensive gifts, however, we offer the most important gift, our hearts. Let us now sing in the bleak midwinter.
our next hymn is I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Many view Longfellow as one of America's greatest poets. 140 years after his death, his inspiring work is still present today. Born in 1807 in Portland, Maine, Longfellow graduated from college at the age of 19 and became a professor of modern language at Bowdoin College in Brunswick, Maine. Longfellow married Mary Storer Potter in 1831, and by 1834, the well-traveled Longfellow quickly became one of the country's most respected scholars. It was no surprise then that Harvard University wooed him away from Bowdoin College. Now, within a year of moving to Massachusetts, tragedy struck when his wife had a miscarriage and never fully recovered. She died in October of 1835. He took solace in his teaching and poured his time and energy into his work. After meeting Francis Appleton, followed by a seven-year courtship, they were married in 1843. In the years that followed, he and Fanny welcomed six children. In 1861, tragedy struck again. While lighting a match, Fanny's clothes caught fire. She was badly burned, and she died early the next day. In the dark depths of loneliness, grief, and despair, Longfellow's faith was yet again challenged by the beginning of the American Civil War. Longfellow pleaded with God to end the madness between the North and the South. When his oldest son, Charles, was wounded in battle and sent home to recover, Longfellow's prayers turned to anger. He began to ask his friends and God, where is the peace? Then picking up his pen and paper, he attempted to answer that poignant and very haunting question. The ringing of the church bells on December 25, 1863, most likely inspired both the writing and the cadence of this mostly dark and solemn poem. And yet, Longfellow finished his poem with two verses that offer hope in the midst of despair. God is not dead nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. This poem would eventually inspire not only a country, but the world. Ten years later, an Englishman named John Baptiste Culkin put music to Longfellow's Christmas poem. The melody captured not only Longfellow's sadness in the first verses, but also Longfellow's deep and abiding faith in the end. Except for the deletion of two, for two verses that focused on Longfellow's view on the Civil War, the hymn remains the same today as when it was first published. As I reflect on this past year, I have found Longfellow's words and Culkin's music carry relevant and profound meaning today, just as they did long ago. In a world often gone astray, when conflict, 
turmoil, division, brokenness, loss, and uncertainty rule so many of our lives. When we long for peace and goodwill, these words offer us hope. These words remind us that joy, comfort, and peace come to us through the child born under the starry sky of Bethlehem who came into this world to share in all of our humanity. These are not only words Longfellow wrote, but they are words that he lived, and they come to us in one of his most beloved works, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and mild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to man. I thought how, as the day had come, With peace on earth, good will 
Let it be so. Amen.
joining our voices with the Song of the Angels, let us pray for the church, for the world, and for all who are in need. Night and day, all creation praises you, O God. Strengthen your church across nations, denominations, and traditions. Fill us with wisdom and unify our proclamation of your forgiveness and mercy. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. All creation is holy to you, O God. You cause the earth to bring forth its shoots and gardens to spring up. Protect animals and lands that wait earnestly for longer days of awakening and growth. Hear us, O God. The nations are upheld by your hand, O God. Cause righteousness and praise to spring forth, inspiring leaders to serve with compassion and integrity. Send your spirit of discernment upon those who grapple with complex decisions. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Send the spirit of your Son into our hearts, O God. Come quickly to hearts that race with fear, hearts that break with grief, and hearts that long for wholeness. We pray today especially for Justin, John, Natalie, Susan, Joan, Roxy, Phyllis, William, Carol, Lori, Lola, Emily, Ray, Bob, and Bev. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Continue to make yourself known to us in the midst of the pandemic. Bless those who are sick, those who are caring for the sick, and those who cannot be with the ones they love. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. We give you thanks for new life. God bless newborn Miles Charles and newly baptized Ivy Teresa and Grace Bonnie. May they grow in faith surrounded by faithful companions their whole lives long. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Let us depart in peace, O oh God, according to your word. For all your saints, we give you thanks. Prepare our salvation in the sight of all your witnesses of every time and place. Comfort those who grieve, especially the Gustafson, Pepsky, and Iverson families. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. God of mercy, come quickly to us with grace upon grace as we lift these and all our prayers to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now, dear people of God, receive this blessing. Almighty God, who sent the Holy Spirit to Mary, proclaimed joy through the angels, sent the shepherds with good news, and led the magi by a star, bless you this day through the word made flesh. Amen. Amen.
share the gift of Jesus. Thanks be to God. Thank you.